in our text tonight, it's dealing with worship. And we worship with our souls, our whole being, right? And your soul is made up of three parts, really. Mind, emotions, will, right? Mind, emotions, will. And that's what we will find here in our text tonight. And this is what our title is. Worship with the mind, emotions, will. Every aspect of you does that. And this is about uh, the church getting together. When they come together, they are to be singing and uh, teaching, admonishing, doing uh, what psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what a church does. That's what the church has done for 2,000 years. And so we get to do that. We get to do it constantly. And uh, uh, this is a church gathering where we will do this right here tonight. Uh, in chapter 3, we've been talking about the new man. And here's the new man. Here's how you live the Christian life. And of course, we ask, how can you do all of these things? And... Of course, it really is anchoring on the image of the one who created us, the one who recreated us. It's Christ. It's Christ Himself, and then also uh, His Word that renews us, because He says that we are to be renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created uh, us. And so we are to be made like Christ, and it's told here are the things that you're not to do, here are the things you are to do as a, as a Christian. Um, and so, you know, he started off, we've been chosen of God, we're holy, we're beloved. And he says, put on a heart of compassion. Put those clothes on that you already have. Kindness, humility, gentleness, you know, they're hanging in the closet. He says, you know, just don't let them sit there. Put them on. And uh, so we went through verse 15, we closed with that. And we were uh, right in accordance with uh, Thanksgiving because it was about being thankful, being thankful for who we are and for what we have been made up of. And we can do these things because of Christ or because of verse 16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. So, let's pray. Father, as we look at this tonight, may we get an enhanced look of what it is to worship and to worship with our whole being. Thank you for the songs that you've given us to sing that expresses the joy that we have with uh, inside of us that will give glory to you. What a great way it is, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we've got the text. Can, can and, I ask yeah. two questions right off the bat? I agree. Only I if I know them. You're not jumping to the end, are you? No. I mean, no. some people... <laughs> some, yeah, somebody in the back row Go ahead. You may have already addressed this earlier, but my maps in my Bible don't show where Colossae is. So where is Colossae? Oh, boy, I, I wish I had a visual come. here that we That's could... That's a little uh, late, Audrey. I'm I know. We're, 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 we're almost finished with the book, and I'm off just now asking. But I was just curious as to where, where it is. Well, I'll tell you what. I wish I should have looked it's, it up It's myself, close but. to where Ephesus is, what which is... Um, you know, in Asia, 
halfway up the coast is Ephesus, and then further inland then would have been uh, uh, Colossae. Okay. It's like in the Turkey area? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's, what That's exactly where it would be. It'd be in, be in that area. Sure would and, be. And then the other quick question is, that at the end of, this is a little bit jumping ahead, but I'm not sure you're going to get to it. I didn't see it on here. But you said singing with thankfulness in your hearts to the Lord. Is that the same word as 17 thanks? Because in 16, my version, the King James uses grace. And I just wondered if it was the same word. Which would be, oh, right at the very last phrase, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And yes. if, if, you know what, I wished I knew right at the moment. If it says grace, then it would be that word that would probably, which is very related to that. Uh, that's Kari's, uh We were looking at, uh, I got a feeling that's probably the word, or it's in that root, okay. or, or from that root. 17 yeah. uses thanks, and then I was, so yeah. I was just wondering if they were the same words. Again. Thankfulness in your hearts to God. And okay. 17 just, then says uh, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Okay, that's all. And, of course, we, we used that word last week, and it was the word that was uh, meaning saying a good word or the Eucharist. And in Eucharist, you have chorus. Good grace. Word of grace. At the end of right? 15, you mean? And Praising. Yeah, right. Okay. Be thankful. And I think that would be that same root in all those same words. That they would be very related. I, I should had my I should have the Greek text to go there to make sure. I should even know that right offhand, but uh just from my memory I would say it would be related to grace though, for sure. So are you happy in God? I'm sure that we all could use some pointers in helping us to grow and our happiness in Christ. And they're right here, verse 16 and 17. You want to be more... You want to be blessed? Well, here it is right here. Uh, Verse 17 is extending to all of life. Verse 16 is dealing with the worship whenever there's a gathering of God's people. Uh, And, you know, he's already been talking about unity, you know, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, you know, not having complaints against people, forgiving like Christ forgave us. So that's how we react in the, and respond in the church. That's how we work. We, we learn what God's forgiveness is and what His grace is and, you know, the, the whole thing. Being one-on-one or in a group setting like this. So, uh, and it's all really about worship. There was a, there's a guy by the name of William Temple that really gives a good definition on uh, worship. And he says, For to worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God. Did you catch that? God is holy. And being conscious of His holiness, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to purge the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, and to devote the will to the purpose of God. Can I say that again? Yes, please. For to worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to purge the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, and to devote the will to the purpose of God. So really, in that, you have the mind, you have the emotions, 
you have the will. It's all involving our whole soul. I mean, if we just had just our mind thinking in doctrine, that's not good enough, is it? We have to worship in spirit and in truth. They go together. John MacArthur wrote a book called The Ultimate Priority. And he has an excellent uh, definition of worship. It says, Our innermost being, responding with praise for all that God is through our attitudes, actions, thoughts, and words based on the truth of God as He has revealed Himself. Or more succinctly, or summarizing, I guess you could say, worship is all that we are, reacting rightly to all that He is. Worship is all that we are, our whole being. We worship. Mind, emotions, will. Reacting rightly to all that He is. So it's, it's about focusing on God, relating to God, thankfully worshiping Him for His majesty and for His glory and His abundant goodness constantly. And here he's, here he's saying, here's how, here, here's how this works in church. Let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. So we'll start with that. Three points. Worship with your mind. Worship with your emotions. And, motion, and also then worship with your will, you know, bowing down to the Lord. So he starts off the Word of Christ. Now, the book of Ephesians, and remember you were asking about where's Colossae. You know, it's in the area of Ephesus. Turn to Ephesus, or Ephesians. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, and you'll get something here that is almost the same thing. Now here he starts with, in verse 18, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But do what? Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in what? Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God even the Father. Did, did you catch what was very similar? It's almost identical. Now, in Ephesians, what does it say? Be filled with the Spirit of God. What does Colossians say? Let, a, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. Okay, which is it? Both. <laughs> That's easy, isn't it? If you're filled with the Word, you're filled with the Spirit. If you're filled with the Spirit, it's because of the Word. Not just some emotional thing, but you know it definitely comes together with both. And then he says, because of that, then what do we do? We teach and admonish each other with psalms and hymns, spiritual songs. That's the idea there. So, the Word of Christ. How many times do you see the Word of Christ, that, that uh, phrase, in the New Testament? Let me Google it. The Word of Christ. <laughs> what do you usually say? Yeah, really. You know what it will tell you? Once. Oh, really? This is it. The Word of Christ. Now, we always hear what? The Word of God or the Word of the Lord. But here it's the Word of Christ. And remember what Colossians is about the preeminence of Christ, the supremacy of Christ. Of course, it always is throughout any book of the Bible, right? It's teaching about Him. 
And so all of Scripture is, is what? Pointing towards Him. But uh, the Word of Christ. Look in, just for a moment, Luke 24. Yep. Okay. And he has that in here, you know, uh, you know, dealing with uh, uh, the heart. Luke, which one? Uh, 24, 27. 24, 27. Yeah, it's not just, uh, you know, a seminary degree or something where somebody intellectually understands truth, but the Spirit of God also elates you into you know, putting this into your life. and That's where the feelings, the emotions do come in. Now we have feelings and emotions and he's already talked about anger and uh, wrath and all those words that we dealt with last week. And we can, from the natural man, we can do that, can't we? And that's pretty emotional, isn't it? Because we're riding on the flesh. The, the emotions of the flesh. Are emotions bad? Good? They can be either. But we want the emotions to be mastered by what is truth. And so when those emotions, that would be the natural thing to do, and he says, hey, bear with one another. Forgive one another. You know, and so he tells us, here's how you do this. And it's always going to be the Word of God. You speak, you stand on the truth. He says, uh, in James, what does he say? Uh, about listening versus speaking. Slow to what? Speak and quick to hear. So, it would be awful easy to just snap right back at somebody who's done an offensive thing on us. And what he's saying here is, no, that's not the way Jesus did it. Because we're being conforming to Christ. <laughs> Does anybody have that problem? I don't think so. Oh, we're, we're all sitting here. We're all guilty, folks. We are guilty. <laughs> also in Proverbs 15, just the third one, it says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Right, right. Oh. Mm-hmm. It says it right there. That's easy to understand. How do you do this kind of thing? Right there. Just put it into practice. And he says, do this. right? Stop this. Well, it sounds really easy, doesn't it? No, I mean, it sounds really easy to snap on somebody. Yeah, it's simple. Yeah, before you ever think about something nice to say. Then you're like, oh, I just made everything worse. It always seems to come back, doesn't it? When you snap on somebody, it always has like a way of working around. Right. This is good. This is how we grow. It's like, And when we realize that, you know what? There's not a lot of differences between any of us. Well, so what if you're right and the other person's wrong? That's the whole thing. We want to yeah. prove that we're right and they were wrong. Yeah. But we don't prove that. It's not our job to prove it. Who's going to really work on Yeah, you're just going to both be wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. Luke 24, 27. This is what Jesus thought about Himself then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, what is that? The Old Testament. He explained to them the things concerning Himself in all the Scriptures. At that time, there was no New Testament. So the Bible was the Old Testament. He explained everything about Christ in the Old Testament. Just using that. It's all over the place. It's everywhere, isn't it? 
everywhere. Law, prophets. It's just like this one's talking about Jesus. This one's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this one's, it's just all over the place. It's like when is it? <laughs> what this, order is this thing? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's not definitely uh, not in chronological order, is it? It feels like a ping pong match. <laughs> sometime he's first coming. Sometime he's second coming. Sometime in the kingdom, eternal state. Yeah. Uh oh. Luke 24, verse 44. We're talking about uh, the Bible is all about Jesus, right? So, in Luke 24, 44, And I said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets, and the Psalms <laughs> must be fulfilled. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? How about John 5.39? It's all about Jesus. He said, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about Me. And you are unwilling to come to Me so that you may have life. Right? Verse 46. For if you believe Moses, if you really believe Moses, which you do, you would believe Me. So if they don't really believe Him even though they believe Him that that's God's Word, but yet they really don't believe it, do they? For He wrote about Me, Jesus. But if you do not believe His writings, how will you believe My words? <laughs> so, there's the Word, why it's said the Word of Christ, because it's all about Scripture uh, pointing to Jesus. Now, um, the reason I think that he would use Word of Christ here, uh, another good reason would be that, remember the false teachers that were denying that Christ is really God and He doesn't have the rightful place that He really does. And all through Colossians, it just keeps lifting up Christ in the highest possible way. And here it is. Here, the Word of Christ, that's to speak to us about Christ and He's Savior and He's Lord. So that would probably be why Paul would have used the Word of Christ. And he already used also something like that. In verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The peace of Christ. The Word of Christ. Now, okay, then he says, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. Richly means fullness. It means completeness of God's Word. When you come to the Bible, have you ever seen that it seems like it's uh, inexhaustible? I mean, it's like endless treasures. That's exactly what it is. It's inexhaustible treasures. It's like uh, people who study space. The astronomers, they peer into the space and they're overwhelmed by it. And they know they can't get to the end of it. The more telescopes that they've had, with all the technology, it just keeps going further and further out. 
And they know that there is no end. We, we've never seen anything that where there is no end. Just infinite. You know, so they can't get to the end of it. Well, the more you dig into the Bible and you read it, the more you'll find out that you don't know much. <laughs> it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's enormous in all the depth that it has. You know, how much there is to understand. It's like space. Incredible. And what it's really implying is that we need an abundant supply of God's Word. We have to keep getting in. You have to eat. You have to drink. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to breathe. Well, same way it is with the Word of God. It's just endless, and it keeps coming at us, and we need a supply of it that's constantly streaming into us. It's a spiritual man. Spiritual man. That's what it is. We feed on the Word. We feed on the the manna. Yeah. Um, Then he says to dwell. So to richly dwell. Not just dwell, but richly dwell. Dwell is... To means to, to, to live there. Um, I keep coming back to my home each day. Well, Carolyn's there. <laughs> but, you know, that place there that I go to, I live there, right? I You know, I, I live there. I'm familiar with my home. You guys feel comfortable in your home, don't you? You have a place to go to all the time. You know, you can always go back there. You have refuge. You have rest there. Can you imagine if you didn't have a home? Nowhere to go to. That is the idea of a dwelling there. It's, it's where I go for my rest, my refuge. Dwelling in a home. It's implied in the concept of dwelling in a home. But the true uh, uh, dwelling here in this verse is dwelling in the Word of Christ. Dwelling in the Word of Christ. Or let the Word of Christ be dwelling in you, which means to make itself comfortable, to make Christ comfortable in in our dwelling here, in this tent that we live in. Dwelling. So, richly dwell within you, making its home there, where you feel comfortable. So he says, in you. Interesting about in you there, within you, uh, actually, probably means two things, but the word in the Greek is actually plural. So, what would that imply? Y'all. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And he's speaking about church and gathering. How important it is, right? It's vital. You can't. You cannot be. Uh, a believer and not come together with God's people. That's almost impossible. In fact, it says, one of the apostles says, um, we do not neglect the coming together, the gathering of saints like some have habitually done or some habitually do. Right. Right. That's so important. It's, you know, and, and it's our lifeblood. So he says, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within 
Y'all. Y'all. <laughs> y'all. Or, or as one of, the, one of the pastors on the radio said, all y'all. All y'all. There you go. All y'all. That's pretty well taken a little in. It covers everything you So it permeates the very life of the church, doesn't it? Why do we come here? It's really about the Word of God, the Word of Christ, isn't it? If it wasn't, I don't think any of you guys would even be here. I mean, what if I was up here just, hey, here's something I learned this week. It didn't have anything to do with the Bible. But just <laughs> told you stories. It would be about a week or two, and I got a feeling you quit coming. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing in me that's going to draw anybody. I don't have that kind of personality. Yeah, see, I've done you know? that in a number of church buildings. <laughs> on a couple of weeks, listening to some cute little stories and left. No yeah. word, though, was there? It's This is what permeates us. This, this is what we have in common. Well, that's what this next section is about. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another. And, you know, we teach, we admonish one another through the word of God, right? Um, we, we do that doctrinally, either by, you know, just speaking with each other. Uh, doctrinally sound songs. We do that. That's why it's so important for us to sing. That's one reason I think we should sing some of the great hymns of the faith and not ever forget those. Uh, they teach sound biblical truth. And not that the other songs don't. That's why in this text, it's talking about all kinds of songs. You'll see them all, all there that it's dealing with. So, And we'll get into that in a moment. But what does he say? Teach. That means to take doctrine and to communicate it. Uh... The biblical precepts, the ideas, the themes that run through there. And either you can do it in an official way where there's a teaching and a preaching. You also do it just by speaking to one another. Uh, you know, whether you've learned something about God this last week or how He's worked in your life or what He's doing now, you know, in somebody else's life, you know, and you're actually, you know, you're doing that, but you're associating it with this, this truth here. Admonish means to actually correct when somebody is wrong. There is an admonishing. There is something to warn people about. You know, we just don't always say just really good positive things. Sometimes we have to give warnings if it if that's there to be called for. If there's something that's incorrect, we want to make sure to get that right. But by the way, it started with that word wisdom. Wisdom is a skill in applying God's Word to whatever situation comes up. Wisdom is saying, just you gave a wise verse while I go in, right out of the Proverbs, right? Proverbs is known for wisdom. So, right off the cuff, right there, it's like, wow, that's wisdom, you know, in taking something and, wait a minute, I need to think on this first, you know? 
whatever it is, you know, and, and to use it in that particular situation. That's wisdom. With all wisdom, you admonish somebody. You know, just don't come in there and start ripping their throat out, even though they they could be wrong. But it, it's being really wise about in, in presenting that and and teaching and admonishing. Uh, yeah, right. You know, I know that if you come at somebody like hardcore, there's a good chance that there's going to be nothing but resistance. Well, and, and they just strengthen their yeah. stand. Then. If like, you don't, if you're not gentle, who are you to tell yeah. me? I've been doing this for two diapers. They just dig in right. and they make their okay. arguments stronger. Like obviously, I wasn't using wisdom there. <laughs> what is it? Truth with love. So true worship is about what that uh, this section is about. It starts off with knowing God's truth as revealed in His Word. A lot of people, you know, start saying things just from their experience or doesn't have anything to do with God's Word, let's say. But without God's truth, all the emotion in the world that somebody has is futile if it's not based on truth. And so thankful worship will begin by engaging our minds. So that was what that was about. Let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. The very Word of God. Doctrine and all that. Teaching and admonishing one another. And here goes our second one. Emotion. We worship with our minds. That's why the Word of God is preached. Because it will take an effect. Then we have emotions with joyful singing. Uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness. I view preaching the Word as important. And the main reason for coming is the sermon. But it's not just the sermon. Singing also has its place in focusing our minds, our hearts on God, His salvation, what He's done for us, what He's doing for us, uh, how he, you know, we, we see great doctrine in, in those hymns and spiritual songs that we sing, right? And so we respond with love, devotion, gratitude, really enjoy, you know, reading those words as you sing them. So while the Word of Christ enables us to worship God in truth, right? When we have that preached, Singing allows us to worship Him in spirit. So the Word and spirit and truth is, is all there. Singing is one way to express our love for God. You probably may not be at home and sing. Now, there are probably some of you that do do that. <laughs> I already know who they are. Others would not be caught singing. Somebody comes in the room, whoop, you know, but you might do it in the shower, right? Oh, there's nobody here. Well, what's embarrassing is when you're walking through the store and all of a sudden you're singing out loud. You don't mean to do it, it just it was in there and it just came out. It just came out. Wow. Somebody said something and you go, I'm not so right for it, yeah. Used to be at home if we wanted put on some Christian radio when a non-believer's around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Really? Enough of that. Now you can sing, right? I decided one of my cats must be a non-believer because every time I sing, he's biting my nose and getting in my face. So I've got one demon cat. Demon cat. I mean, the girls and I would stick around, but that was a good way to get my husband to leave when we were doing This is really uh, yeah, making him real uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Neither was on the scale. It's like he's never heard the song before. He doesn't get any of it, or at least some of it. Did he and stay he, in the car yeah. when you were driving? <laughs> 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 I felt like, I, mean, I think that was a great time to do yeah, that. I felt like somehow, I feel like we kind of like broke a barrier there. <laughs> there you go. You know, when you got music can do that. When you're driving down the road, you got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't get away, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got him, but I will that get away. Yeah, and we're not uncomfortable or making somebody else uncomfortable because here we know that, hey, this is what we are all desiring to do. You know, you know, and so, hey, what's the longest book in the Bible? Psalms. It's no accident, is it? And you know what? It's a song book. The Psalms is really a psalm book. Uh, Psalms is solo, and I love it because uh, many people say that that means to strike or to pluck a stringed instrument. (laughs) (laughs) Guitars rule. Or pianos do strings, right? Harps, actually, it means, you know, accompaniment. It means all kinds of... Yeah, yeah, that's even better. Yeah, and boy, you know, in heaven, we will hear perfect music there. No mistakes by the guitar player anymore. Four or five fingers, man, will be able to. Anyway, joyful singing, writing of songs. Every time there's been some kind of revival in the church, the Reformation. 
they had new songs that they brought forth, or you know, they took some of the same lyrics and changed them around, and they took some familiar tunes that were sung in the bars. I guess you could say they what what, what they called them back then. The, uh, what they call them bars then too? <laughs> Pubs, yeah, whatever. In England and what have you. Yeah, but anyway, they they could take those. And they made it a kind of, a, at that time, a modern sound that everybody could relate to and sing. And so, you know, joyful singing, writing, uh, all of that became, you know, very present in the church whenever there would be a, some kind of revival. Well, Always been new songs you coming out. some time ago that <clears throat> the Christian worship service is the only place, the only, we're the only ones that do that. Mm. Yeah. Who goes around where they just sing? Any other meetings, any time people get together, they don't start out with singing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. I had never thought about that. Before. You ever gone to seminars? You know, yeah. Down yeah. in, oh. wherever. Have you ever hear them sing? Probably not. Um, if we're just mumbling through a song and we're thinking about things that we're going to do or... Whatever it is, while while there's singing going on, and we're not even thinking about the lyrics, we want to set aside all the distractions, because who are we really thinking about here and singing to? Christ, right? So that's how important it is. We have a divine invitation by our Lord to come together. Like, let's say, Sunday mornings. That's a divine time and setting that God has had and He expects us to be there when He's there and to set aside everything else and devote everything to Him that that particular time. So it's really, uh, it's like going before the King. You know, if the King showed up, what time would you be there? <laughs> and what would you do when you were there? You know, it, and, and it's all about who he is. It's it's him. It's not just. So it's real important to realize that this this the words and the songs, the music. It's there to praise praise him. And so the Lord is the master of music. Anyway, he's the one that created it. It's an important thing to do, isn't it? Psalms, hymns. Psalms are set to accompaniment. Hymns are praise to God. Uh, could be a lot of the... Of course, we think of hymns here back at that time. Would have been something similar. Maybe some things that were taken out of the Old Testament. It put doctrine there you know, in it. and Spiritual songs. That's almost like any kind of song that, um, that is spiritual. So what's this saying? Whatever song it is, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. You know, in our time we've had these, uh, what is it, uh, uh, worship wars, they call them, right? And one church says, we're going to do nothing but contemporary music. And another one says, we're going to do nothing but hymns. And you're thinking, listen, you have all sorts of different people that come from everywhere, and they all sit different people, understand different things. As one, can't we come together and sing songs that they like, that we like, 
that somebody else likes, put it all together, and it's all about one another offering up to God. You're still back so, to the emotional thing, and that's exactly yeah, it's right. the different sounds to different people bring different emo- the emotions. So you just don't want one kind. You want them all. Exactly. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. He could say whatever. You want to make sure that they are focused on Christ. The doctrine is good. And I believe that we need some some of all the, that, you know, that we should not divide a congregation. And so use what comes along that is even new that people can relate to. And so, the, you know, the old people can look back and say, hey, I'm glad these young people are wanting to sing. But the young people also need to learn those hymns that are so precious, so that are so doctrinally sound, they, and they've lasted for hundreds of years, they must be good. That's what's good about classical music. Why is classical music good? Well, the mu- musicianship is usually incredible. It's usually the best music that you could hear, although a lot of people would not understand it, would not appreciate it. But if they're exposed to it a little bit here and there, maybe they can learn. But that's why I say there. I think there's room for all things. Can you imagine back in the early church, somebody has a, a hymn that they wanted to sing, so they sang it, and they taught it to the other people. Somebody had a, a psalm that they wanted to sing, and you know they all, hey, can we sing that with you? You know, and they're learning that, and spiritual song. Somebody wrote a song on their own, something that might be uh, something that would be contemporary. Let's say. It's interesting how music can work in that. So, what do we have? We've had the mind, and music involves what? The emotions. And then we have what the next verse is. As we sing with thankfulness in your hearts. It's all come from here, isn't it? In your hearts to God. And I think that gives to all of us a little bit of reprieve because sometimes we we may have trouble singing. <clears throat> My voice anymore, I really do. But if it's coming from the heart, that's what God wants to hear. It's beautiful to Him. It's really coming from there. Well, like the so, song says, make a joyful noise. Joyful noise. <laughs> I can do that. Sing it out. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. God welcomes it. He says, very good. Very good. He loves that. And He'll give us all glorified voices for eternity. And then we'll know how to sing the best that possibly can. We'll just read. Uh, what I like to use the idea of rehearse. When we come together to worship, we're really rehearsing for what is to come, where everything will be perfect. What a worship that will be. We're just learning what worship is, aren't we? So, here's how he closes it out, verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you say or whatever you do, that's really about everything there, isn't it? Do all in the name of of the Lord Jesus. Do it in His name. His supreme authority. In the name of Jesus. That means in the authority of Jesus. Uh, Philippians 2. That's the book just before this. 
For this reason also God highly, in verse 9, exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name which is above every name. So that in the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that's in the name of the Lord in His authority. Do everything in the name of Christ or the Lord. It's the, the idea there is submission. And it's also, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, it's also saying giving thanks. Submitting to Him, giving thanks. If He's Lord, we should be glad to do that, right? And so He is. That's sovereign authority. Uh, Can I do such and such an activity? What about this? Can I do this? Can I do this? How about this? Verse 17 tells you what you can and can't do. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are free to do anything you want. One thing. Does it get glory to God? That's really all of it. Every thought, every word, and every deed that we've done, does it give glory to God? How can I what can I do? Do whatever you want. Does it give glory to God? Well, I don't think it does. Well then I'll do it. Was word is like what is scripture word would be in word would be to what the scriptures say? Well, in word is what, what you speak, what you say, out of your mouth, and what your actions are. So, boy, this is real practical, isn't it? Whatever you do, and I think this uh, applies in the church, but also applies in your everyday living. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, and then giving thanks through Him to God, acknowledging that all my circumstances... Even the ones I don't like under His control. I give thanks to You, Lord. Uh, You know what the opposite of thankfulness is? Grumbling. You got the word. Israel in the wilderness grumbled. You know what happened? That whole generation did not get to enter the promised land. Because why? They grumbled. Grumbling takes away the character of God. It's, It's either saying God isn't good or he isn't sovereign over my problems. Wow. Okay, yeah. Uh, read a psalm every day. Meditate on it. That song will do what, what it does when, when we come together to sing and worship. It does something, doesn't it? Doesn't it charge you up and, and makes your heart ready to listen to God's Word? So, whatever you do in word or deed... This extends beyond Sunday worship or Tuesday night Bible study. Uh, There's no sacred, secular division, is there, for Christians. All of life is to be sacred. It's living gratefully under the Lordship of Christ. So, those two verses are incredible, aren't they? Worship with the mind, worship with the emotions, worship with the will. Now, we have a song to do. As we finish tonight. What is that? 382. 382 for you guys. What's the name of it? Angels from the realms of glory. Okay, I've got it. (laughs) And Dana? Yes. Um, 
Oh, really? Yeah, His yeah. brother? Yeah, it's a, he's actually younger than I am. Um, but of Mike, is he an older brother? Or, it's, it's, or is Mike the older? No, Mike's the baby. <laughs> okay. So, and then for Arlie, because tomorrow morning they're going to go in and they're going to actually paralyze one of his vocal cords. That's great. So that because it's not working. And they're hoping when they paralyze that one, that this other one will take over and he'll be able to talk. He's not able to talk at all right now, yeah. right? So that's tomorrow morning. Oh, and he put some awesome stuff on Facebook, don't he? Yeah. Sure does. Stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. Really good. He sure right is. Right now. He what? This one's creative. Or can't hear and can't speak? Not the, the implant. He's just not used to it. And so he's got to work on that. So, yeah. Which, uh, which number are we in? Three, nine, three, nine, two, 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 nine, you got it B flat, right? Boy, should I have your guitar there tonight? That thing's better than this one. All right. Angels from the realms of glory Wing your flight for all the earth You sing creation story Thou proclaim Messiah's birth Mike's last name. Uh, What's Mike's last name? Lee. 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 Lee.